So um, what happens when you get hit in the head with a low frequency? <laughs> what? what happens? It hurts. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> the HE mm. hurts like the, the sound. Yeah. <laughs> I was I, I saw that and screenshotted it. Um and I tried it on my wife and it, it got that reaction there. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is why you know you have to use it. Yeah, that's how I, my wife is the uh is my test audience. Mm-hmm. Um and I might get a divorce from it. <laughs> uh yeah. So welcome to As Dad as it gets, uh the podcast where my wife gets tortured because of it (laughs) not in like a a saw kind of way but more of a psychological horror Mm -hmm. yeah um i don't have the stomach for saw no no. Mm -mm. but i am your host larry and with me today is john and not david because david has um nap time wars going on Mm -hmm. Uh, but today we have a guest Barkley? Barclay? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Barkley. So the southern part of me just wants to shorten everything. <laughs> and then the other part of me is like enunciate every word. Um, because when I when I say like the town I'm from, Cookville, I, I typically will just say Cookville. Um, Cookville? Cookville. Oh. Just run it all together. Cookville. Uh, yeah so um in order for us to um help as much dads as possible we've decided that for the month of june we are going to try to stick to pride um and i know without getting too political it's definitely a hot topic in the united states um i don't know about the other parts of the world pretty sure it's a, it's a hot topic there too um but being a parent is hard enough as is and and i feel like you it it just makes it that much harder when you've got the rest of the world trying to attack you mm-hmm. so uh why don't you go ahead and tell us your your story to becoming a dad yeah um my husband and i decided our son's now 3 so we started this process five or six years ago um we've moved from california minnesota a lot of people think we're crazy for leaving california but it was honestly the best choice of our lives um we got a great house we have family near near us and we're like you know this seems like the perfect time to start a family you know let's figure this out we want to do adoption we want to do surrogacy uh and surrogacy ended up being the right choice for us and it was a about a two-year process but we ended up with a now really wonderful little boy that's fantastic yeah. I uh, I have a friend that that I work with who uh, he and his husband did surrogacy, um, but it, it was a little bit, it was a little less official, 
um, which caused a lot of problems. Um, I won't I won't tell his story because it's it's not mine to tell. But yeah, um, surrogacy is is definitely tricky that way. Um, so with with surrogacy, and and you can tell me no on this, but um, is your surrogate involved in in your son's life? She lives in Kansas City, so she's about six and a half hour drive from us. We don't get to okay. see her that often. Um, but it's, it's pretty funny because she's actually pregnant with our uh, second son right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's due actually a month from tomorrow. Um, and so we, we have these weekly check-ins with her. We call her. And on uh, one of the phone calls, I think it's one of the first ones with her, our son just goes like, Jennifer? And just like takes <laughs> off running towards the phone. And he's just like, I know this voice. I know this person. Aww. He's just like, who, who is this? I know who she is, but I don't know why I know who she is. Um <laughs> So she's definitely going to be part of our lives as he gets older. And as our other yeah. son gets older, we want to like go visit and keep her as like that special person. Um, but, you know, she's about a state away, two states away. So it's a little hard to kind of yeah. get mm-hmm. together all the time. Yeah. Um, I When me and my wife were uh, going through our, our fertility treatments and everything like that, we had a lot of people offer to be surrogates. Um, and it was it was weird for us because it was family members that were offering to be surrogates. I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Um, but I mean, that, that has to take a lot of trust um, to, to have someone carry your child. Um, so <laughs> I am curious, what are some of the, the dumber questions you've gotten when people are like, Oh, surrogacy. Yeah, I think it's oh, like the one we always get is who's the dad, and we're never one of the things we decided was that our sons are going to decide like you know what when you want to know about your biological heritage, I guess mm-hmm. we'll come to that decision when it's your choice. But we're not going to yeah. tell their people. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't think we have a dumb questions yet. I don't know. They've been pretty curious. I guess nothing I get too all- offensive. I get all kinds of dumb questions. Uh, my wife the other day um, went somewhere and, and they knew that we had adopted our daughter and they were like, well, does she know about her real mom? Like, First off, my wife is her real mom. You mean her biological mother? <laughs> or when, when they find out that, uh, that she's adopted, they'll, they'll be like, Oh, what about the real parents? Uh, are they on drugs? Like this, the first thing that people go to is drugs. Uh, yeah, it's like I, I don't ask, I don't ask you if your parents are on drugs. <laughs> yeah, um, there, there's a lot of ignorance when it comes to um, uh, like children that are not biologically ours. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which in in you and her husband's case, it's that that is biological um but for this like have you had any trouble explaining it to your child um because so if they're in daycare and stuff like that and they notice that oh i have two dads um this person has a a mom and a dad like there's differences there has your son started noticing um, that your fi- your family dynamic is is different from, uh, say, a classmate's. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, 
it's definitely one of those things we see all the time in this couple of the gay dad groups I'm in is like, you know, my, my son's asking where's mom. He's coming home from daycare saying mama, like asking about mama. Our son's never asked about his mama. He's all, we've always had books that talk about families and families can come in different sizes and different shapes and different colors mm-hmm. and all sorts of like, you know, all sorts of different things. And so he has an understanding that families don't have to be a mom and a dad. It could be right. a dad and a dad, mom and a mom, single dad, grandparents, whatever it is interesting that when he plays games he does say like mom and dad it's never dad and papa it's always mom and dad when he's doing make-believe or doing a game but he's never really asked about where his mom is or why he doesn't have a mom yeah you said dad and papa this is just my curiosity so does he refer to one of you as dad and one as papa or yeah that was the big discussion before we had him was like what are we going to call each other? Because, like, we can't just both be dad. Like, that'd be really confusing really fast. When he yells out across the house and you're... Yeah, like, I need dad! It's like, who? Who do you need? Mm-hmm. Um, so my husband was like, you know, I really want to be called dad. And I was like, all right, well, what do I want to go by? And I had to kind of really think for a while. And I, I don't know, Papa just kind of felt... It felt weird at first. I, I wasn't sure how I'd like it, but I've I've grown to love it. And I kind of like it more than dad now. It feels kind of special. Yeah, it's your it's your thing. Yeah. Um. So I I grew up in a house where I, I'm junior. So my dad is also <laughs> named Larry. Um. So the the two like both of you having the same name, dad, you would hate it because at my house growing up is like Larry, and then two of us, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah my husband's uh the fourth so his dad's yeah. his dad's junior there's actually a second as well just to make it even more confusing so the junior <laughs> second a third and a fourth uh, so my husband goes by chetty uh in his family and he's like I, I hate having that nickname i'm never gonna pass down my name to the any children yeah. like it's, it's over with me any anyone that does that um they're a masochist because i got stuck with the nickname little larry or junior yeah oh, little larry <laughs> yeah it's like i'm 6'1 and 250 pounds there's nothing about me that's little and i'm locking that nickname away in my mind <laughs> <laughs> i'll stab you <laughs> so um let's see so as far as the state of the world today um, and you guys being parents, like how, how has that affected how you parent? Um, because for me, uh, like we wanted to go to pride this year so bad, but our town had literal Nazis at a drag show mm. and the cops did nothing about it. Um, so we we skipped it. I mean, we wanted to go, but we we were worried about our child because of the Nazis. Um, have, have, how has that changed your parenting, um, or you know, how does it make you worry for the future? I'm definitely a little more cautious about where we go to, what we do. Um, my husband really loves going to Sanibel, Florida. It's I joke it's like the Midwest of Florida. Everyone from Minnesota, Wisconsin goes there. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't go this year, so we're going to go somewhere else. And I kept going back in my mind: is like, is Florida a safe place for us to go? Like, mm. is, is this an okay state? Like, do I even want my money going to supporting you know yeah. Florida and just sort of feeling like mm, 
I don't know if I want to go certain places. I don't know if my family's going to be safe certain places. I think we're lucky that we live sort of in a little bubble in the, the Twin Cities here in Minnesota, that it's very kind. Um, my son has a wonderful daycare that's very accepting. Um, we have a wonderful community. Our neighborhood absolutely loves him. They love us. So we haven't had any direct problems so far, knock on wood, but there's definitely that sort of unease traveling out of our little bubble that unease going to certain events that's sort of just unease of what's going to happen in 2024. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely in some places getting better, but in other places it is. Yeah. In the state of how everything is going right now. And it's, it's got to be confusing for you. It's confusing for me just to every day waking up and being like, oh, this has changed now. Yeah. Um, for, which Florida is a whole nother ballpark <laughs> there. <laughs> um, they, they've actually been trying to make it to where uh, they can call like CPS on you for, for, allowing yeah. a child to to identify as trans and stuff like that um yeah that whole place down in some of the other states now they're following suit and it's just yeah yeah it's scary it, well, they're yeah. saying like if, if you go to visit even it counts so like you know i have a friend uh, my best friend since kindergarten she's she identifies as a woman but she's had top surgery so she's had a mastectomy to make herself feel more comfortable in her body. And, and like, she probably couldn't go to Florida with her kids because they, they would say, you know, you're exposing your children to you know, trans identity or some nonsense and take her kids away, even though she's there on vacation, which is just a frightening thought. Yeah. It seems unconstitutional really. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Um, it's like, if, if my state had a problem with it, we deal with it. Um, and I mean, Tennessee is, is right on the border of, of, acting like florida which we had the whole uh drag drag bill that was that was going down and they ended up saying it was unconstitutional but they're still trying to push it hmm. um but for you um are, are you close with your your family because a lot of my friends who have come out um with us especially with us being in the south their family has pretty much disowned them um, yeah, my, my, my parents were really, they were shockingly okay with it. My mom's from Texas, so I was sort of expecting a little bit more from her. My dad's a, from Massachusetts, sort of the blue collar kind of guy from Massachusetts. And my dad was actually the one I was more nervous to come out to. And he was just like, yeah, I've known for years. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, you're my son. Of course I knew. Why, why are you telling me this? Like, duh. And it was just such not an issue for him. Um, and my mom was just more, you know, Southern Belle, like, oh, we don't talk about our private lives. Like, that's fine. But, you know, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear details kind of anything like that. But I, mean, I think they love my husband more than love me at this point. That he's the son <laughs> they always wanted to have. He's handy. He fixes things. He likes doing projects with my dad. So he's definitely the, the favorite of the two of us. <laughs> oh, dear. That causes problems there. <laughs> I'm yeah. fine with it. He gets all the attention and I get just, just, you know, fade in the background. He can just suck it all up. So that 
actually just unlocked a memory of mine when I was uh, like 15. My mom, who was a very Southern lady, like Southern Baptist, went to church and everything like that, pulled me aside and told me that she loved me even though I was gay. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gay, though. And she's like, well, you're not dating a girl. It's like, so? I'm just weird. <laughs> but it was nice to know she she would accept me. Um, so for... <laughs> the thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah, I was like, thanks. Um, for you as a parent now, um, what were, what would be some tips you would give for other parents on how to foster a welcoming environment for a child to come out? Yeah, I think don't put pressure on them. I think that it's something that you have to do on your own timeline. Like, even Mm -hmm. though my dad might have known since I was like three years old that I was, I mean, he might have known before I did. He allowed me to kind of come through that process on my own and allowed me to find the strength and the courage to do it and not forcing me to do it and not making like, oh, I know I you have a secret. Like, come on, tell me, like allowing me to have that time and allow me to, to do that in my own way um, was really nice. And I think just like you said, just let your kids know I love you no matter what, you know, just being there and saying I love you every day and just showing them you're accepting and, and kind, I think just really matters. And there's anything really in particular you can do to be like, hey, come on out, you know, <laughs> yeah. either for them. Yeah, it's we, like uh, a lot of life choices, right? You just yeah. have to figure it out on your own, you know. Yeah. Because they they may not know um, at the time. Like, yeah, it's part of growing up. You just you just got to discover stuff. Yeah, just we, tell them <laughs> to uh, be themselves, right? It's it's always a, a fantastic conversation because, like I said, deep south, um, we always have those those conversations where like my in-laws i love them but they were raised in a different time so they automatically when they're talking about my daughter growing up they're like yeah she's gonna marry somebody and we're like uh it could be you know man woman someone that identifies differently um she may not ever want to get married like we're not going to pressure her to that so we (laughs) and they don't like our choice of books either yeah uh, they yeah, really... uh, my mom's gotten I, my mom gave me an earful i have a Mar- marlon bundo which was about um john oliver wrote a children's book uh when Vi- uh, mike pence was vice president he had a bunny and so john oliver wrote a whole book about um mike pence's bunny falling in love with a boy bunny oh, and getting married <laughs> and the stink bug that represents mike uh... pence saying no and getting really mad at them and i showed it to my mom like oh this is a great book and she's like oh this no no this is terrible this is terrible it's offensive <laughs> like no mom it's funny i'm gonna have to buy that book that's fantastic oh, it's great it's um, forgotten it's about marlon that. bundo i can't remember the, the full title but it's marlon bundo let's see i don't remember what podcast i was listening to that was talking about that but i had completely forgotten they had done that but was... I, I think my pence's daughter like even loved it and like donated more money or something because she's like yeah this is great like oh. please satirize us Oh uh, there's a book God. that's a it day in the life of marlon yeah, bundo that's it a day in the life of marlon bundo yeah. <laughs> uh, i'm buying it on amazon right now uh he used to um, be my governor we tried to warn people 
so my favorite thing about Mike Pence is that he looks like Cotton Hill from King of the Hill. <laughs> so anytime he talks, that's all I see is just like Hank, Hank's wife. Cotton yeah. if he hadn't lost his uh, his shins or whatever. His shins, like <laughs> a full shinned cotton, would have become vice president. Um, but the book, the book my in laws don't agree with is uh, a book called My Shadow Is Pink, and it's one of my one. favorite books. Like it, it goes really well into explaining, like how we have this inner part of ourselves that is different, you know. It, it can like to wear dresses. It can, uh, you know, her shadow likes girls and stuff like that. It's it's one of the books I recommend to everyone as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Check read it out. almost every night. There's also one that's My Shadow is Purple. I haven't read that one yet. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't know who. Scott something is, is the author. Um, so what about how do you address the like the misconceptions and stereotypes of uh like being a part of the lgbtq community because you said your your husband was very handy at stuff and like if you look at media the way they portray gay people is is um it's it's offensive (laughs) yeah Yeah, i think that's one of the hard things is being a gay parent is there's not really a roadmap for us and they you know they they talk about you know sexualizing children or anything and it's like well kids what grow up watching cartoons of a mom and a dad and a loving relationship and as a gay parent we don't have i mean we have cam and mitch from modern family that's really Mm -hmm. off the top of my head it's all i can really think of and they were kind of caricatures of you know a gay family yeah so I, i think it's I'm losing my train of thought here. Um, <laughs> what, was our, what was our question? Uh, the, how do you deal with the misconceptions? The misconceptions, and everything? that's right, yeah. that's right. Um, yeah, just having that idea of like, you know, what it means to be a gay family without that roadmap and without that model to go off of and trying to be like, you know, oh, who's the mom? You know, who's the yeah. dad? Trying to break those sort of ideas of like, well, we're both dad, we're both papa. We both kind of fill that paternal, maternal, mm-hmm. whatever role. You are you are still doing your best to take care of your child, like any dad can do. And, right. You know, in the end, it doesn't change the fact that you are still, you know, their parent. You still love them, and you're still trying. And that's yeah. And I and I've been taking more of like the stay at home parent role lately, and it's sort of like trying to fight back against those like stay at home mom stereotypes. Like, oh, you know, now you're the mom because you're staying home. I'm like, well. No, I'm not. I'm not the mom. I'm still the papa. I still, you know, I still have my masculinity just because I'm staying at home. It doesn't change my role because we're in a same-sex relationship. They, toxic masculinity is one of the worst things ever mm. um, because a lot of my role in our household um, is, like, I do the cooking and a lot of the laundry and stuff like that. And uh, my father-in-law has made a couple comments about it. Um, because I, I cooked dinner once and I brought it to my wife, like brought a plate to my wife for her to eat just because I had fixed my daughter's plate. I was like, I'll just go ahead and fix her plate. We'll, we'll get it done. Mm -hmm. And he made the comment that, uh, that my wife should be in there cooking and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's my, my biggest issue with my dad 
is definitely that sort of what is the role of a man in the family and sort of his expectation is like you're going to go to work you're going to have a job and i'm sort of like well i was a teacher it's not a great time to be a teacher we're having a second kid i kind of want to step back my husband's on a great career path and he kind of needs the space to focus on work he can't you know stay home with sick kids he can't really Mm -hmm. miss meetings so I can, why not allow me to kind of step back into that role of provider? My dad's like, no, like men have jobs, men go to work. That's how you define yourself as, is work, not by staying home with the family, but you go and you get jobs. But that's not <laughs> what my family needs right now. My family needs me to stay home. My family needs me to, you know, be the person that does the doctor's appointments and the sick days and the sports after school and things like that. My, uh, I think with millennials, we've redefined what it means to be a parent mm-hmm. in general, um, because men are more stay-at-home dads now. Like they're they're more stay-at-home dads while the mom goes and works. Uh, Tom, that our other host, is a stay-at-home dad. I was I was just thinking um, about that. It's too bad he's not here because he could have related yeah. better. Yeah, <laughs> you, you guys will get along great. I personally, I don't think my sanity could could stand being a stay-at-home parent. every day yeah yeah i uh because we when we fostered um my wife's work didn't offer time off but my work did hmm. and so i was the one that stayed at home for the first six week six weeks of my daughter's life um and i craved adult interaction <laughs> so much <laughs> I just I just wanted to hear a voice that wasn't high pitched and screaming. And then we had COVID, which meant that you yeah. were stuck inside <laughs> with a child and <laughs> it was it was fantastic. So the the day I came back, I come back to to because I had to go to the office. I come back to the office and no one is at their desk. Like I am the only one there because everybody else had been sent to work from home and they were like, Well, Larry isn't set up to work from home, so we'll will uh make him come to the office so it was just me by myself no adult interaction you just in hell in a different spot yeah (laughs) it was a new hell actually it was worse hell because i hated my boss oh dear Uh, yeah so you you mentioned that you were a teacher um like how is being a teacher or your your views of being teacher um changed when you become a parent or did you quit teaching right as you became a parent it's definitely different like i don't know going to those parent teacher conferences and going oh like how am i gonna feel <laughs> on the other side of the table hearing this news or grading a paper going like oh how how am i gonna feel if i was a parent seeing this grade coming in but I think schools right now are just really challenging and I left a pretty bad school I was at midway through the year and kind of took stock of my life and was like, do I want to stay in this career? Do I want to change? Um, I ended up finding a school I really love and I'm hoping something will open up there soon. They just, teachers go there and they, they stay until they die. Mm. Or, you know, like they're, they're one teacher's there. She's there now 41 years. Yeah. That, she's been, she's the, the founding of the school. So she's like, I'm, I'm not leaving. I'm like, I want your spot get out of the way. <laughs> I'm but, not down to, you know, I think it's giving me a little more compassion, I think, being a parent. 
when I'm, I'm a teacher now, like thinking about like, how is that kid going to feel going home and telling their parent what happened at school and how would I receive that news on the other end? Yeah. Um, and, and just being a parent in general has it, it, studies show that it changes your brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to not cry and now I cry over the dumbest stuff. <laughs> like, there, there's a book that my daughter has that has something to do with uh, a disabled child going to a zoo where all the animals have disabilities. Hmm. And it's like there's a monkey and crutches, and every time I get to it, I cry <laughs> just because the monkey has crutches. Oh. <laughs> and I can't explain it. Uh, I, I got that but, with... um. What is it to the uh, I'll love you till the moon and back? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that one. Yeah, that one hits me hard. I can't uh, do it. I love you forever is is one of the books that I can't do. Yeah. That one's emotional. Um I wanted to piggyback yeah. to uh you being a teacher cuz I have high prompts for teachers. I grew up where my mother was a teacher and my sister is a teacher and my wife teaches. So I have the fullest respect for anyone who goes into that career. Um, and whenever my son starts, in, you know, he's just finished first grade. And when I went, met his teacher the first time, I said to her, it's like, I have full respect for you because of where I grew up. So if anything happens, I'm not going to be that parent that just comes in and instantly barges on you. I'm going to listen to you because I know you're trying. But yeah, so just growing up with that, um, witnessing them working and working with the kids and the love of working with kids and also just having a, a mom and you're, you're, if you ever go back to teaching, your kids will find, you know, experience this as well. You being kind of on their timeline while they're in school. So during summers, dad will be there during you know, if we ever have snow days again, dad will be there. Now, I have a great story. When I was in middle school, my mother bursting into my room at like, whatever, 6.30 in the morning and going, John, John, it's a snow day. It's a snow day. Go back to bed. And me just, <laughs> he woke me up to tell yeah. me. And me sitting up going, what? Huh? <laughs> so yeah. I high prompts for anyone who goes into the teaching career because you guys put your you know blood and sweat and your heart into it and you don't always get the thanks that you deserve so yeah i appreciate yeah. that thank you it's uh I've, I've, my best friend's a teacher and the stories he tells me it's like i would never do that <laughs> no offense to anybody oh. that you have to have the right but, heart for it yeah holy crap mm-hmm. they're uh I do want to tell a story that he told me because I was like, how's your day at work? And he was like, well, I had to have a conversation with a student. Um, So schools have changed since, which Barkley, I don't know. I don't know how old you are. Um, But back in my day, uh, we didn't have like wireless headphones or anything like that. And there was a couple of students sharing wireless headphones while they worked. The student who had the phone that the the headphones were connected to gets up and goes to the bathroom, still connected to the other, the other students headphone. Um, They can hear what he's watching in the bathroom. (laughs) Oh no. And yeah. 
long story short, it was an adult film. And so he had to have that conversation with the student. And I was like, one, that's not a conversation anybody wants to have <laughs> with anybody. But two, how do you even approach that? God. Yeah. It's, sometimes you're sort of a parent and you have to do things. You're like, oh, you know, I, I had a kid who uh, pooped himself. He was in middle school and oh. and and it smelled. And we're all in the classroom like, why why does it smell so bad? And the kid was like, I, I don't know what's going on. Had him leave the room. We all went to a different room. He came back into the room and he hadn't cleaned himself up quite well enough. Mm. And so it's like having this conversation with the seventh grader being like, listen, buddy, like, you got to go back to the bathroom. Try clean yourself up one more time. We're going to move rooms again. Yeah, I don't want to have this conversation with a teenager. Like, this isn't my job. Uh, I had to have that conversation once as a, as at Walmart when I was a manager. <laughs> Because a guy that was working had pooped himself. Oh. Yeah. I feel like Walmart is a completely different level of just. Oh, the stories I could tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of bathroom stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Walmart's. <laughs> Walmart is. Uh... It's like high school if high school didn't have any rules. That's Walmart. <laughs> I mean, I, we we rarely go into Walmart ourselves, but just some of the things we witnessed just being in there briefly is a uh, is a trip. Oh yeah. Um, I kind of miss it, but I don't. No, anyone who's worked retail in any fashion does not miss it once they're finally out. Yeah. But the, it's still, no offense, better than being a teacher because <laughs> not as far as, like as far as the stress goes. Oh yeah, the the stress level of teachers is way, way, way worse than the stress level of working at Walmart because you don't have any consequences working at Walmart. Yeah, no lesson so. plans, right? Yeah, that too. Um. That's the thing I could never do. Working with kids, I've I've done mentorship before and everything. I've worked with high school kids, but I'm not up there teaching and I'm not expected to teach them anything. I just come in and, you know, have fun with them and talk to them and stuff. So that's a completely... That sounds like cheating. <laughs> it's a different beast than trying to <laughs> teach them. I may teach them yeah. something like a life lesson, but that's different than having a, you know, a strict plan that in place and everything so this is completely off topic but i just glanced john is that the green ranger behind you in that picture oh that that, that yeah. is uh boba fett oh okay i can see it yeah. now i got to meet the okay i'd never noticed it before I got to meet the original actor years ago when i was in high school well yeah uh so <laughs> So for um, being a parent, like, what are some of the resources you use as far as the uh, LGBTQ community? Uh, there, um, there are more letters on there now, aren't there? Oh, it's so many now. It changes person to person, okay. what they want to include, what they don't want to include. I think they just added a plus um, at the end now, and that just encompasses. Yeah. <laughs> so can I just Whatever else is going like... to come later. 
just add it on. LGBT plus. Like, I don't, I don't, Q is just where I messed I, up. I, I think Q is still in there, and then it's plus after. Yeah. But can we just shorten it to like L plus? <laughs> you could save so much time. Well, Berkeley in five years, it's just going to be plus. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be plus. <laughs> Fine with that. <laughs> we need to market that. There you go. Um, I already forgot yeah, my question. Derailed you, sorry. Re- resources. Yes, resources. So, as far as as resources, um, do you have like, I mean, you, you'd mentioned dad groups, like gay dad groups online, um, and and to to speak on that as well. Uh, that I'll follow up with another question, but resources. Yeah, really, it's Facebook has been a big lifeline because I think I know one other gay couple with a child that's around our age um and that's it there's not many gay couples that i know in our area that have children so it's really been just finding these little communities on facebook gay fathers um men having babies has been really great for surrogacy resources and connecting with their surrogacy dads but it's really just been facebook and the internet really finding those people on there uh, I know Reddit is a good source for everything. I bet that's probably nice, though, to realize, one, you're not alone, and two, in those communities, there's less chance of, uh, I don't know what the word would be, harassment, judgment. Yeah, you know, I would say that it's almost like what I've heard about from mom's groups. Like, they're almost <laughs> as catty and awful sometimes. Oh, like, my gay father's group can get pretty, like, They'll pile on and make judgments. And I'm like, ooh, this is like, I don't know if I want to ask a question to this group. Y'all are going to get a little mean. But they're just judging you on like a bad choice you made, right? Like uh, whatever. They're not judging. <laughs> they're judging. It's just like just dad groups in general yeah. or mom groups, parents group. Parents are the biggest, like the most judgiest people <laughs> there we go. There alive. We go. That's the words I was going uh, for just parents in general you and if you if you want to test this go into a parenting group um with a fake profile because people will hunt you down and say something that you know is a hot topic like i i feed my daughter frozen chicken nuggets and i don't heat them up first and then watch the hate pour in um i i do heat the chicken nuggets up first (laughs) and and you'll even get that judgment from from people who aren't parents um everybody thinks they can parent better than you oh yeah my son has a peanut allergy and i had a friend over there days like well just don't tell him he has a peanut allergy because if you tell him he'll lose the will and what he needs to have is a strong will to fight against the peanut allergy in case he i'm like no he needs to know (laughs) so he can ask does this have a peanut in it so i don't Mm. eat it I don't want my child going to anaphylaxis or getting sick because he ate a peanut. Like it's not anything about mind power or willpower or anything like that. It's he's allergic to peanuts. If he, if he doesn't know, then the peanut allergy gets afraid and it just moves out. It's not mind over matter. If it was mind over matter, I would not be miserable every spring. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The uh, previous recordings of John during the start of uh, everything, the pollening that was happening has been terrible. I'm sorry. 
because you can hear him breathe where he's struggling so it's bad. It's still not great, but it's better. It's better. And it might also be the microphone. Right, the microphone is definitely helping, but I don't know. Yeah, if I got too close, you can... Yeah, it's still going. Yeah. Because yeah. it caught me off guard the first time I was editing. I was like, is that Darth Vader? No, <laughs> I listened John. to it. I was like, oh God, no, I can hear it. And I instantly <laughs> messaged you. Like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so for the the gay dad groups, do you guys ever have um, people that sneak in those groups to just to harass? It hasn't happened yet. I think in the surrogacy groups, there's definitely a lot of people that sneak in that promote certain countries that maybe it wouldn't be the best choice to go to, or they sort of go like, "Hey, have." has anyone heard about this surrogacy agency in the Philippines? I've heard really great things about it. Like, does anyone know anything? And it's sort of like, mm, you work, for who them. are you? Like, why are you promoting this? So <laughs> there's definitely some shady people like promoting shady businesses, but there's never been any people like harassing or bothering well, us. Good. Yeah. So for the surrogacy, um, how do you even go about starting that? Really? Um, do you just like, there are sketchy ways of doing it, obviously, um, Craigslist, but <laughs> more officially, how do you even go about starting that? Uh, so you can go the independent route where you do everything by yourself and you have to find the surrogate by yourself. There's Facebook groups and Craigslist ad listings. And I mean, there's, <laughs> there's things out there. Um, word of mouth, family members, or their agencies that will go out and recruit these women. I, I don't know where they get them from because they do have to have had a previous pregnancy to term. So maybe like mom groups and things hmm. like that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the agencies have just connections across the country. Yeah. Um, with, with adoption, it's like adoption's expensive hmm. anyways, oh. but for, uh for surrogacy like was it it just the cost of it pretty much the same as and you don't have to go with into specifics on like here's the bill but was it was it too expensive or cheaper than adoption oh it was substantially more expensive than adoption okay it was easily in the six figures okay oh okay so that might be why uh we didn't look into surrogacy as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's definitely, that's one of the things that is very prohibitive of it is like the cost. We had some friends yeah. that actually started at the same time as us, our IVF doctor, when we were on the phone with him, he's like, hey, I just talked to this other gay couple in the Twin Cities like 20 minutes ago. Can I, do you mind if I connect you two? And so we became friends at the start of our journey and our journey was successful. And I think they went through three or four rounds trying oh. and they just ran out of money and just couldn't keep going. And they just were like, well, it's the end of the road for us. Like we, we ran out of bank account to keep That's this going. Unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Now it's, it's definitely hard. I, I was curious. Um, the, di the mindset of having you go from surrogacy instead of adoption. That's because with surrogacy, and this is me being ignorant. Um, it's because, it's part of you going with it, right? It was a little bit of that. And it was also just a little bit more control over everything and just knowing 
when this process is done, it'll be done. Um, we had friends that were going through the adoption process at the time and the stress of like, you know, they had 30 days at the end or just three mm -hmm. months or something where the mom could yep. change her yeah. mind and they didn't know. And then they started another one and the, the dad had signed the papers, but on like the last day changed his mind, came back to the court. And now they're fighting in the court about, you know, get keeping their second son. And my husband and I were just sort of like, you know, that's a lot of stress. And if we can avoid that kind of stress and just have a little bit more control of the process, then I think that's what we'd like to be able to do if we could do it. And we we're fortunate enough to be able to do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, with, with the adoption agency we were, we started working with, um, they told us that, and this is the, the word straight from the adoption lady's mouth. So the first question they ask you, like they go through a list of questions um, and then they're like, well, do you care about the, the skin of the baby, like the skin color? And my wife and I are like, no, we just, we want a baby. <laughs> we don't care what, what ethnicity it is. And she's like, oh, that's good because um, certain races are cheaper than others, um, i.e. white babies cost more. Um, which was a fun conversation that, cause she was trying not to say it. Um, but they told us that, you know, if, since we, we were, weren't concerned about race, it would be cheaper. And then, um, the mother, we would, we would basically be paying her medical bills as she goes through this and then she can back out at any time. And then we're just out that money. Um, and that they might give us a discount depending on how far we went. It was just it was a too many variables that were like, what if, what if, what if? So I, I can see why surrogacy yeah. is, is a be definitely a better option there. Um, but yeah, adoption stressful. And I am, I am very um, happy to hear that your second one is working so well. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now you, you, um, you did find out, I me prying. You did find out if it's, which one it is boy or girl or. It's a boy. We have All right, boy. double boys. Gonna have the rough house. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, our son's so excited. Mm -hmm. He is just every day. When's my brother coming? <laughs> is my brother here yet? And I, he he doesn't quite understand too, like who Jennifer is. Like she's our special friend. She has her brother. He's like, I, oh, okay, I kind of get that. Like, but where is he? Like he's in a different state. It's really confusing, buddy. Oh. Well. You'll see him in July. We'll bring him back from the hospital. Don't worry. I have this really adorable image of your son thinking that it's just this nice lady who physically already has his brother. And it's just, just keeping <laughs> him for a little while. It'll, it'll be fun. Yeah. You got to quarantine him for oh. a little bit before you, you put him in a new <laughs> time. <laughs> the, the minds of a three-year-old is a uh, wild and beautiful place. Yeah, uh, explaining pregnancy to um, my daughter because we we tell her all the time like you grew up in someone else's belly, um, and now she wants to put her head in my shirt. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I don't know what she's trying to do. Um, but for your your second surrogacy, um, did you reach out to Jennifer just personally, or did you go through the same route of? Um, which did you guys th go through an agency the first time? Yeah. Yeah. We did an agency just cause doing it independently, there's so many moving parts and we are just like, 
we don't want the stress of dealing with all the, you have to have an escrow account and then you have to pay the surrogate through the escrow account and lawyer fees have to get paid through that and just too many different things. Um, so we found Jennifer through the agency and during the first pregnancy, this was her third baby. She had one of her own. She'd done a journey for a French couple. Um, so we were her third baby. And we're like, you know, if you really want to do this again, we'd love to do this again with you. She's like, yeah, I love being pregnant, of course. Um, we waited about three months after our son was born. We're like, okay, this isn't too bad. We can do this again. Called her up. We were like, hey, Jennifer, love to do this again with you if you're down. She's like, yeah, no problem. You know, let me just talk with my husband. Texted us after she got off the phone. Yeah, I'm already pregnant again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, so she had two babies um, in 11 months. Wow. Wow. And in that interim, we had moved on to a different surrogate um, who ended up not working out. And just when we were sort of going, like, do we want to keep going? What's going to happen? Jennifer's like, yep, I'm, I'm ready to go again. You know, I've, I've taken my rest time. Let's wow. do this. Huh. Jennifer's oh, a really? trooper. Yeah, this is her fifth baby in seven years, I think. Wow. And I, I've got a friend that, uh, like, she loved pregnancy, but she doesn't want another kid. So that that kind of works out. Uh, I told her she should be a surrogate. Um, but I, I think my biggest, like, it, it's kind of like my biggest worry with, with fostering. Um, like, that, you, you get that attachment, and then the heartbreak, which it's, it's all worth it, but some people handle the heartbreak better than others. Um, but with, with Jennifer dish, like she gets daily up or not daily updates, probably not, but she gets regular updates on, on how your son's doing and everything like that. Yeah. We'll send her little photos and we send, you know, Christmas presents and birthday presents to her kids and, We've called on occasion and just try to keep in touch. Like she's obviously going to be an important person mm-hmm. in our lives, but she's got a very active. Oh, how old's Charlie now? Seven or eight year old and a Finn's two, so she's got a very very busy life I, right now. I have a seven yeah. and two year old, so I can completely relate with that. <laughs> yeah, our first journey, we we talked every weekend. We were very good about every Saturday or Sunday. We'd call her. We talked about thirty minutes to an hour. This journey between us having a three-year-old and now she has the seven-year-old and the two-year-old, we talk like once a month on the phone, but we text almost daily. But it's just like neither one of us has time to get on the phone for more than like But I 10 think minutes. part of that probably is that you've you've already done this. So you understand that a little bit. The jitters are gone. You're like, I'm, 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 you, oh, we can sure. trust her. We know we can trust her. So that's nice, actually, to have that peace of mind and know that you've already done it. Yeah, and this, it feels sort of like we completed the journey. Like, uh, I, I think this is going to be it for our family. We have one more embryo left, but we're sort of like the expense of doing it. We had uh, three losses in the process of getting our second son. So it's just sort of like the heartbreak of that. And everyone that we know that has more than two kids has been like, I wish yeah. I stopped at two. Like, two is that really like it, nice it number. Really is. Like, uh, that's that's why David's out of. He keeps telling everybody he's like, "You guys need more kids," um, and 
yeah, I, I see him like constantly struggling. <laughs> I mean, he he's a good dad, but it takes mm-hmm. a lot out of him. That's why he's he's not on a lot of episodes is because he is just so worn out from three kids. Um, so I I th- honestly think I'm done with one. We will we've talked about fostering later. Um, but when we're ready, yeah, we, fostering is a whole different we, journey. We you know we had our son, and when he hit four, we were like, you know, I think we might be done. And then five came along, and all of a sudden, surprise, our daughter came. Uh, which is fine. She's a surprise, <laughs> not a mistake. We make that very clear. Um, but yeah, two, two is good. But the nice yeah. thing about two, and I tell this to all dads who are going to have the second one, is you've already done it. You know, it's like a muscle memory or whatever. You're you're no longer the the fresh out of boot camp soldier. You're the diaper changing veteran. You know, you've 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 seen the horrors of babyhood and you're 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 primed to do it again you do need a refresher because i tried to swaddle one of my uh, (laughs) daughter's baby dolls and my swaddling is is very out of practice um so you do need refreshers on that but so as 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 far as advice what are what's some advice that you would give um other lgbtq plus parents that are considering um well becoming parents do it it's the greatest (laughs) thing i ever did i i love being a dad i love my son more than anything i can't wait to meet my next son um it's it'll feel isolating at times too because like i said we don't really know a lot of other gay dads or even really lesbian dad or lesbian moms um in our area so trying to find other families that have that same lived experience as us has been really difficult. But I think one of the great things about being in the LGBTQ plus community is that we are really good at finding chosen family and having that chosen family when you decide to start your family is so amazing. Our son has so many aunties and uncles and just, it confuses the heck out of daycare (laughs) because his his auntie's kids go to the same daycare in the same class but they're korean our son's uh white and they're like how how are you related we're like they're not they're they're just they're part of our family but they're not actually blood family so it's it's really wonderful that he gets all these great people to be aunties uncles community members Mm -hmm. whatever yeah, and you had absolutely no hesitation in, in saying, just do it. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I love it. Um, I had a question and I lost it. Wasn't that important? Then? Probably was. It was a good question. I was like, oh, this is good. <laughs> and then I got to focusing on the fact that it was a good question and my brain forgot it. <laughs> we, we, we were so, you know, struck, awestruck by just your certainty of saying, go, just go have a kid. Yeah. Uh, I think it's intimidating because, like I said, we don't have those role models. We don't have those people in TV shows and movies showing what good gay parents look like or what normal everyday. I mean, our our lives are boring. I mean, I just was playing Zelda while my husband was putting our son to bed. <laughs> just an average everyday could be anywhere in the mm-hmm. world kind of night. Sometimes those are the yeah. best. So uh, I do remember the question. 
Um, do you ever have those fears, especially when meeting new parents that they might not be accepting? And oh, yeah. how do you, how do you navigate that? Like test those waters. I'm very thankful. I married an extreme extrovert. My husband has no fear of any social situations and just will barrel into any friendships and just makes people love him no matter what. And so he's a good litmus test in terms of how accepting are people going to be. Um, it hasn't been an issue so far, but definitely we're getting that age of play dates mm-hmm. and making new friends and kind of being like, Oh, is this going to be a safe parent for me to hang out with? Are they going to be understanding? Um, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Thankfully my son's going to be starting a new school for preschool. And it's a really welcoming, kind environment. So I don't think any of the parents are going to be a problem. My more concern is like, you know, t-ball, soccer, yeah. um, you know, playing in the park and meeting parents at the parks, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, we, we, uh, my wife and I have had trouble testing those waters because we'll, we'll go through and, and start to talk to new parents and then we'll, we'll stalk their Facebooks. And it's like, Oh no, they, they're posting all this like anti rainbow stuff. Like the, the thing I hate is that people think that the rainbow being a sign for, for pride, um, they want to take it back because it's, it's and their words, God's promise. Um, so <laughs> we've, we've lost, which loss is, a, I, I use that very loosely, but we've lost a lot of potential friendships because of things like that. Um, so my, my advice is to, to scout their Facebook to see if they do that. Um, you get pretty good at finding people on Facebook as well. <laughs> we uh out, out of all the the potential people um which we got lucky here my daughter's best friend at daycare um her parents are really nice people so far <laughs> i know that we'll feeling see. it's like please don't be weird <laughs> down the road please don't be weird yeah and then <laughs> turns out uh, i'm the weird one <laughs> d- depends on the weird yeah. it could be fun weird <laughs> I'm a, I'm a different kind of weird. My brain is just, I, I'm 90% sure that I'm undiagnosed yeah. ADHD. I know that feeling. And David just doesn't help the, the conversation with that. He's like, yeah, you have ADHD. <laughs> All right. I need a medication then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have any other questions. That's my list. Do you have any other? I think John? we've covered pretty much everything that I could think of. Um, no, I, I we really appreciate you coming on and representing and yeah. being open and allowing us just to be ignorant and talk to you. Yeah, it's the only way you yes, learn is asking questions. We, uh, it, it's funny because on our um, social media, I've blocked so many people because I'll post something about. Um, acceptance or, or being an ally or um, pride or something like that and then I just get the hate um, and a friend of mine who has a, a gaming channel posted a picture of Spider-Man in front of a rainbow flag and within 10 minutes just all kinds of hate um, so for any, anybody that hasn't figured it out now mm-hmm. we won't tolerate it um, 
and I'll stab somebody. Stop with the stabbing. It's n- it's not helpful. <laughs> I'm in a stabby mood today. Nope. My birthday's tomorrow. I can stab anybody. I'm so happy. <laughs> I, I'm it's so free happy to stay yeah. away from you. <laughs> my uh my wife uh we were talking about my birthday because tomorrow we're gonna go to uh dinner to eat food and, and she's bringing cupcakes for us to eat after dinner um i told my wife she's got to get candles so we'll see how that happens just because i want to blow out candles on my birthday i've never, never? done it uh not really. I I share my birthday with, oh, with a twin. Oh, you still should get so candles. a lot. Uh, we grew oh, up. Poor. We have, we have candles. Don't don't the care can- what the other people look at you. You should be like my birthday. I want candles. <laughs> the the candles were used when the electricity oh. went out. Oh god. Um. So actually, I do have another question. Um. As far as raising your son um how do you do you and your husband have a plan on how to handle like bullies and stuff like that you know we haven't really talked about it i think we're just raising him you know we love that line like you're tough you're brave um just raising him to be a kind human being he hasn't had deals i mean he has a kid biting him in daycare but that's a pretty typical so i just kind of taught him like you know sometimes just walk away if a situation's making you mad walk away and get a teacher um just teaching him resilience i mean obviously if someone's going to hurt him we'd want him to fight back but just trying to teach him that his value doesn't come from other people it comes from himself and knowing that he's a a great little boy and who cares what people say yeah um, and I think that is about as bad as it gets. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a rate and review. Your feedback fuels us and helps us reach more parents and make a positive impact on their lives. Are you looking for a daily dose of dad jokes? Follow us on Instagram at as gets pod. There you can find the latest dad jokes and keep up with the latest news and updates about our podcast. Also, do you have a parenting question or do you want to spotlight a dad? Reach out to us by email at asdadasitgets at gmail.com.